endlessly. Trump is making enemies. He's so obsessed with Biden's son and still as ugly as a thumb. There's not a lie inside. Morals have taken flight with this Dorito face. If impeachment I do see, I would die in ecstasy and Warren gets what she has won. I'll be so glad that we have come to see my white queen on her throne. Welcome back to another episode of Cake and Kombucha. Let's give it up for our guest artist. That's Nora Jones. If you didn't know, she's starting her political commentary tour. Just kidding. That was me singing. I hope you guys know it's me singing, um, except for the credit song. I wondered sometimes if that was clear. Uh, the credit song is the fabulous Melanie J.B. Charles. The rest of the weird things that happen on the podcast, c'est moi. That, that girl, that girl was me. Hi, it's Kaleshi Azier, and welcome to another episode of Cake and Kombucha. I'm your wacky host. It's a place where we get together every week to discuss politics, pop culture, random things that are happening in the world or in my brain. And I think that it's fun and I have a good time doing it. You guys tell me you have a good time listening. So thank you. And before we go any further, the rest of you who haven't told me anything about your listening yet, would you please stop creeping and write a review on Apple, please? Pretty please, would you please, please, with the cherry on top? When you rate and review and subscribe, instead of just like searching for it every week or pressing play somewhere else, I don't know, it sends the algorithms to a magic factory where they just, um, it's a little quid pro quo with the algorithms on my behalf, if you know what I'm saying. You know, we just called them and said, hey, if you want this money, no, just kidding. That's That happened in the government, not um, in the algorithm factory. But what I'm saying is it pushes me to the top of the searches so other people can find me and then I can get sponsors and then I can create more awesome content for you. So that is my plug. I remember when I was little and I watched PBS, um, you know, when they they'd manipulatively tell you to go get your parents, I would go get my parents every time. I really thought that those people were speaking directly to me. Mom and dad, mom, they have some mom and dad, they have something they want to tell you. You have to donate money to support public television. <laughs> Is it? It's I kind of miss being gullible. I still am a little bit gullible. Don't use it against me, but those who know me know. Anyway, yeah, that's it. I don't have, I don't think I'm going to do any personal anecdotes today because there's a lot going on in the news, guys. So we're just going to get right into it. Let's launch into the top story. Okay, bear with me. I am setting up a stopwatch because... I will not let, I don't even like snacks or any packaging, any any snack foods that come in a package that's crinkly that you open it up that has red dye lake number four. I don't like Doritos and Cheetos dust on my hands. I am not going to let my podcast be dominated by someone who wears 
Cheeto dust as bronzer. I won't do it. I won't do it. But I do need to tell you what happened today and yesterday because a lot of shit. Honestly, to be real, real, real with you, I started recording the podcast last night and it was just a long day. A lot went on. And um, I mean, I was supposed to record it the day before that. So like, if you want to talk about how long the day was, it was a long two days. A lot's going on. And um, yeah, I fell asleep as I was talking and I was like, hmm. This probably is incoherent. So now I have even more to say because more there's more breaking news. All right. Let's start with yesterday. So yesterday on Thursday, uh, Trump publicly, he had some sort of a, I don't want to call it a press conference because it wasn't properly in front of a podium. I, let's say he was like leaving Mar-a-Lago. I, I don't know. He was just outside yelling at folks in, in the bushes. He was just telling people with microphones in his face that, the Chinese press and the Ukrainian, or the, not the press, rather, the Chinese and Ukrainian government should look into the Bidens. So he literally just doubled down on impeachment. He was like, what's the, what's, what's the snap of flavor of, of the week? Impeach. And I mean, it's kind of at this point for the general public to decide whether we will just, you know, whether we think the president should do things that are crimes or not. It, it's honestly getting so simple that it's frightening to me because it's like when you get that thing you always wanted and then you realize it's unfulfilling, you know, like when you finally lose all the weight you wanted and marry the man of your dreams. Just kidding. I feel like all that would be really fulfilling. Um, so, yeah, let's see what else happened. Yeah, it was just kind of weird. Like, I don't understand what the strategy is because you are simultaneously telling us that we're a scam. He tweeted that the Democratic Party is a scam. They're lying. It's fake news. And then he also tweeted that as a president, it is my job to root out corruption. This is all caps locks. In any form that I see it, and I will use whatever tools I can, including asking another country to help me out. So then um, the scam, I'm losing the thread is that we said you did exactly what you're saying you did. Mm, okay. So, um, let's see what other notes that I have. So Nancy Pelosi yesterday said that she feels like the president is really surprised that he, because he thought he could do whatever he wants. And I think that's factual. Like he, it's very clear that he's off the rails. I, people have been trying to reel it back in a little bit not Rudy Giuliani, that little like gremlin of a henchman, but everyone who has common sense and has worked in the government before, which Trump has not, has been trying to reel him in a little bit on, on things that they just know are blatantly illegal. Not the things that they know are wrong, like putting kids in cages, but um, it, it, he just kind of is like, well, I, you all didn't really stop me from doing this, so I did it, and why not? I think I should be able to ask governments for help, you know, because for things that are corrupt, which, you know, corruption, what does corruption really mean to him? But I believe he really probably thinks, like, it's fine, and I'm just going to keep talking about it, and they, his handlers can't get him to stop saying it. The part, the incoherent part, I mean, Marco Rubio was on TV, and they asked him, so... The president has just said he will ask China to investigate. Um, what do you think about that? And Mark Rubio said he's just saying that to call the bluff of all the reporters because that's what you want him to say. 
And I was like, whoa, I just got brain freeze. I just feel like I had a nerd blizzard from Dairy Queen. Like, whoa, dude, buddy, slow down. What? Um, he's just saying he didn't really say it. I mean, the, the, Marco Rubio said no. Yeah, he didn't really say it. He just said it. Okay, so that's that's where we are. Um, yeah, I mean, other fun things that happened yesterday, either this was yesterday or Wednesday, Trump wished um, President GZ, I don't know how to say it, I'm sorry, XI, I apologize, um, a happy 70th birthday to the Republic of China. So this nigga really did say congratulations to a terroristic communist government that has been like that the same day like shot a and killed a student protester point blank i'm you know we know that trump admires dictators and wants to be putin's fluffer but i i have to say i'm not entirely sure that he knows that he was congratulating the communist party and not like china i think he very well might have thought that china is 70 years old and he probably thinks that america is the oldest country in the world you know that when um 1492 columbus sailed the ocean blue that's when um this is probably when history started i don't know uh but as for that press conference in the bushes i like him just spouting off of the mouth yesterday I was I the part that I was also struck by was trying to understand what it was he said Biden did wrong. Like he's like, you know, Hunter, how does he get that job? He doesn't he doesn't even have any experience in that. And then he's getting fifty thousand dollars a month. It's wrong. I'm like, wait a minute. So a white man's father gave him a job he didn't really deserve or have qualifications for that made lots of money. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm so are you mad at you're mad at you too? Or are you mad at like the institution of American capitalism? Uh, I want, you know, on TV they like to say there's no there there. Uh, I, I I'm gonna be like, well that there is everywhere. Like what are are you serious? This is what's corrupt? I mean, I think if you dig into the details more, it's it's that uh, Biden supposedly bribed someone to get this job. But I mean, that's not as wrong as like anything that's being alleged here. First of all, I want to be really clear because even I keep losing the thread on this. And I don't know if you guys know this because I really do get confused. They're talking about stuff that happened while Biden was in office with Obama, which I didn't really understand until like kind of recently. That's a fun fact because it also loops into just the general obsession with Obama. Like his presidency is over. It's it's over. I don't are you trying to like go back and take back his Nobel Peace Prize? Like I don't know what I mean, you're you're obsessed with him. I don't know. Sexual seduction, chocolate, like you you can't get enough. You want you some Obama. Like he's obsessed. So that was during, you know, so they're talking about the the Obama presidency when this deal to get Hunter a job would have happened. Secondly, bribery is wrong. Bribery is illegal. Um, but if he bribed someone in another country to get his son a job, that's sketchy. And I'm sure like our relationship with the country 
would affect how what kind of law it was and what kind of laws were broken and things like that but just compare that to that's on a that's on a me scope that's on a helping my family scope that's on nepotism it's wrong it's abusing power it's abusing your office maybe but I don't even know how much of it's abusing your office like if you actually paid then you kind of could have been anyone right like so is a bribe like huh what's the one wait who's being bribed if I bribe you I'm paying you to do something for me uh because I'm trying to think like who's a if you're just pressuring someone I know dirt on you is that a bribe too I'm hold on I'm gonna look it up oh okay you're persuading someone to act illegally and it could be money or other inducement okay I was confused because I'm like if he just paid someone to do something that's wrong but it doesn't even that doesn't even have to do with his um his position necessarily as VP I mean except for the fact that like perhaps one could allege that you're getting a salary and you're using your sal government salary to do these things that are wrong you know there's lots of rules about where your money comes from and what you do with your money from campaigns from all that I get that but I was just trying to say like was he like I'm the vice president do what I say or did he pay someone to give his son a job I don't know but also there's no evidence of any of it that's the point so I just went on a long tangent trying to figure out what was being alleged but please do not let that detract from the fact that there's no evidence of it there's not any evidence of it there just really isn't it's some I mean the evidence is that like I guess Hunter really did have some job in Ukraine Hunter Biden and so then they're trying to figure out where it came from but there, none of that other stuff has has really been um looked into boom okay then the second part is that I was just gonna all I was just gonna say was like compare that personal act of getting your son a job to telling a country that you're withholding 140 million dollars of of aid and that they need to personally investigate other you know they they need to personally investigate us like you're basically asking them to invade us and be spies on our and our you're planting spies in your own government that's just huge there's just so so many different tracks of wrong and then look at who's doing what one would be a vice president in the past who's not a vice president anymore like he's not in office right now and the other one is the president now it's just so weird and then the last part that's strange is saying that because you think something wrong happened you can also do something that's wrong so like in any of these scenarios whether joe biden did it or not we would still be left with the fact that it is illegal to do what trump did and the legality part is also breaking news from today because there is something called a criminal uh referral let me check criminal yes criminal referral um so apparently this is breaking news today that weeks before the whistleblower complaint came through the cia general counsels the cia lawyers which are stationed in the white house they made a criminal referral which means that they are like ding 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 hey a crime has been committed so they told the department of justice and the department of justice basically said well unless he like cut off someone's head in front of you and you know and you have the iphone video actually the video is not enough you need to have the guillotine and the head but if you don't have also the bucket that the head fell into we can't do anything in fact we didn't hear what you just said we don't did you just say so who have we met i don't know her 
That's what the Department of Justice said. They basically did not react in the way that anyone would react when they're starting an investigation. Like when someone says, hey, this sketchy thing happened, you usually you try to avail yourself of information around it instead of running, running in the other direction with your hands on your ears. So that's what they did. And um, they they kind of pre-litigated it and said the way it was submitted. Well, you didn't put it in. um, I'm sorry, but you didn't like fold it three times and put it in the chute, the purple chute that goes and sends it up. So we can't read it. Sorry try again submitting it they 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 really like they were just like no you didn't go through the proper channels to tell us so i didn't hear you it's super super um bureaucratic super nitpicky and just strange i mean when someone's like hey i think here's a juicy chunk of gossip that you know a president could be doing illegal stuff is literally their job to look into it that's what they're there for so they didn't so yeah attorney attorney general Barr fully knew about this um text messages from Volker I forget what position Volker is um oh he was a diplomat he's a diplomat ambassador so oh yeah he had text messages saying uh like if you is he the guy who said if you do this I will quit let me check and see who that was okay that was William Bill Taylor um how old were you when you found out that Bill was a nickname for William I was I was not today years old but I was not like the youngest anyway William Bill Taylor is the charge d'affaires, meaning that is charge d'apostrophe affairs, like you're in head of business in French. Um, charge d'affaires at the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine, meaning that is a position that is just like you're the you're the second in line who runs things at an embassy. It's called charge d'affaires. So he, as as early as July 21st, was was saying like, hey. Um, Zelensky, the president, is getting irritated about Ukraine not being taken seriously, not merely, um, and, and, sorry, Zelensky, this is quotations, is sensitive about Ukraine being taken seriously, not merely as an instrument in Washington domestic re-election politics. I mean, like, if you, like, I mean, how much clearer could you know he he texted again in september 1st are we now saying that security assistance and white house meeting are conditioned on investigations i'm kind of reading these backwards because yes they they did say that and the other dude volker said that and then a week later he said the nightmare is they give the interview and they don't get the security assistance the russians love it and he put in parentheses and i quit Meaning he's not, I'm not down with the mess. And so, cause Volker, who was the ambassador, the U.S. ambassador to uh, Ukraine. So like Volker was based here versus the charge d'affaires uh, being over there. Um, his text said, most important is for Zelensky to say that he will help investigation and address any specific personnel issues. If there are any, uh, which like, what else did he say? I mean, they the text, there's a bunch of them. They're just literally plainly stating everything. I mean, I don't, like, <laughs> Volker texted uh, Giuliani to connect him uh, with Zelensky, and he says, can we all get in a phone call to make sure I advise Zelensky correctly as to what he should be saying? I want to make sure we get this done right. Thanks. I mean, <laughs> apparently someone said, <laughs> Wait, who said that? Oh, 
then I think Zelensky said later, I suggest we stop the back and forth by text. Well, you know, a bunch of old dudes and their iPhones. Many a marriage has been ruined over the cloud. And what can we say? Not surprised that these were not deleted and dispensed with properly. You can lead a horse to water. Uh, Yeah, I... So, in summation, I'm flabbergasted. It's just so much more blatant than I thought it would be. And... It is going to be so much more interesting to watch how the uh, Republicans spin this. We, Like I said, Marco Rubio, Marco Rubio was like, no, he didn't. Who said that? After Trump said all the things he said. Um, I watched Rudy Giuliani screaming at some blonde woman. I can't tell the Fox anchors apart. But yeah, I've been watch- I looked to see what they say. And she was skeptical. Like, she couldn't get a question in. I mean, he seemed like an agitated like monkey. It was just like, calm down, sir. And she kept trying to say... Yeah, like every time he's like, isn't what Biden did terrible? It parallels the Hillary email scandal. And she's like, yeah, yeah, it does. So are you supposed to be like working in the administration when you're not in the administration? I like, I was there before Barr was there. And it's like, that doesn't even answer the question. Like you're not secretary of state. You, uh, you can't just call your friends. They'd be like, Keisha, come do state business while I find a secretary of state. No, uh, it was it was just crazy. I feel like this is going to come down to the way information is transmitted. And we know we're already living in two countries con- controlled by the media, not in a like shut down journalism's way. I mean, I mean, very literally that the media, which you consume it, it shapes your idea of the world. And that has to do with not even media. I mean, back in the day, it, uh, did we call like pamphlets and stuff like back before there was TV or before the printing press? I don't know. Hieroglyphics, literature, anything you consume that you're reading that shapes your thoughts and ideas that someone else doesn't get to read or they read something different. You're creating different realities. And it's just becoming so scary because we have the tools to be so connected nowadays and we literally can't agree on what facts are and what's real. So this is going to be an experiment because these things are, I mean, I'm going to say they're facts because they've been confirmed by Trump himself. We will see now. Someone just has to decide that he's not allowed to do illegal things and we should we should go from there. But I'm, that's not a guarantee that that's going to happen. And a word to Hillary Clinton. Um, this might be a little controversial and have my feminist card revoked or something, but uh, I don't I don't want to see her on TV talking about the impeachment. I don't. Um, she had a, she has a book out now called something like Kick Ass Women, and she was on Rachel Maddow's show last night promoting the book and talking about how she was a White House lawyer during Nixon, which I thought was fascinating. I didn't know that. Um, I didn't know that she did that. I, I've been learning more about the White House lawyers. I didn't really know much about them, but they're there to keep people from breaking the law and stuff. So they were there reading documents uh, that were hidden by him, trying to see if things correlated with things that Nixon people said happened and you know what was being hidden. And she was discussing that. And I, I just had to say, I had this moment where I was like, gosh, I for a moment am seeing the issue that other people have, which is that if you don't think what Bill Clinton did was right, even though it was adultery mostly and like, which I'm not minimizing, but like it, it didn't, I don't think it came to the uh, the level of colluding with other countries. It didn't involve other countries. It involved his penis. 
um, she stayed by someone who like, no, but wasn't he cleared of perjury? I don't know. She stuck with someone who was impeached. It's awkward. I just think it's awkward. Like you're not your husband and we've come so far from, you know, the 1800s when your husband voted because you couldn't and you just, you were his property literally under law. You're not your husband, but does not who you spend time with mean anything? Does not, don't we judge people by their friends? Don't we? So the fact that you stayed married to someone who was impeached suggests that you don't, you think his impeachment was unjust. And I I guess what I'm saying is like, she's kind of in a weird position of relitigating the whole impeachment. And I'm kind of too young to really fully remember the kinds of statements she made back then. I mean, I do remember her saying that the other women that accused him of sexual harassment and assault and things like that were lying. And I'm not sure what happened after it came out that Monica Lewinsky was telling the truth, but I I am literally using my like 11, 10 year old brain is so sad that I, <laughs> but yeah, I remember this on the news, but I, yeah, not all the details of like every, just, you know, the general like media flow, the, the hot takes from her. And so I just kind of find it strange for her to be jumping up in the discussion of another impeachment. It means that you'll be involved with like, haven't there only been three does this mean all three or was there someone else other than Nick there's Nixon and Bill um you're involved in all of them girl it's weird I think that with the email scandal coming up still and 2016 and Ukraine you know Trump is railing about how Ukraine investigated tried to investigate him on Hillary's behalf and weird shit I just don't think she needs to be around I don't think she's the proper face for the Democratic Party right now and it's I don't know how sad that is to say or disrespectful to her. Like, I'm sorry you've had a celebrated career. You're She's not just Bill Clinton's ex-wife. She's Secretary of State. Like, she's a brilliant woman. And we know this. And she technically won the election. However, just strategically, I just... I want her to think a little bigger than herself right now and the book like was this the best time to promote the book well yes because it's close to election time but no because it's close to election time just go come you know I had someone I know ran into her like jogging in, in, in upstate New York like just fall back a little bit I don't think we need to remind all the people that are so twisted in the brain that they would consider voting for Trump again that she's still out here you know, and, and reveling in this. We just don't need to see her saying, I told you so. It's not a good look. It's going to backfire. And let me double check. I think that's all the news that's fit to print on that. I think that's that on that today. But who knows, in the time I've been talking, something else could have happened. Let's get into this huge news. Um, Amber Geiger, the policewoman who murdered Jean Botham by entering his apartment and alleging that she thought it was hers, um, she was found guilty of murder and sentenced to 10 years in prison. I think it might be the first time a white police officer has been found guilty of murder for against a black person 
I, I certainly, I was, I didn't think this was going to happen at all. Like when I saw her crying and crying, I didn't try to click and listen to the testimony. I just was like, oh, okay, well, I know where this is going. It's going where everything else has gone, Trayvon Martin onward. And so this verdict was really, really surprising. And I, I thought it was a victory. I did think it was a victory. Um, let's, let's go over the fact. Okay, where should we start? The sentencing. The facts of the case. The facts of the case. Okay. She came home from work, working a 13-hour shift. She parked on the south side of the building, which was the wrong side of the buildings. One of these giant complexes in Dallas, which is kind of interesting because I actually... Okay, so first of all, this was not where I lived or anything, but someplace I'd seen like maybe one time before. But when I visited my younger sister who lives in Dallas, she lived in a giant apartment complex with her husband and they do have these sides that mirror each other and I I did walk up to the wrong door and uh try to turn the keys and got confused um I have a really bad sense of direction I'm notorious for that and again there were a lot of differences but I I'm just, I say that to say that I, I am familiar with these apartment complexes so Amber the door was ajar to this apartment that she walks up to that is not hers. She apparently swiped her key card and saw that it was red instead of green. So again, that's a factual clue you're not there. When I went to the wrong apartment, I put the key in the door and it didn't turn. I just, you know, skeleton keys and shit like that, my dumbass probably tried it like once or twice. But you see the thing flashing. Um, there was apparently like plants and other landmarks for her that to notice that 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 she wasn't in the right place and she opens the door to find a black man eating ice cream watching television and shoots to kill done and she admitted she said I shot to kill so this was I don't even know how to call it an accident. I mean, it was an accident in the sense that she wasn't planning on killing him. You know, it wasn't premeditated. She did she wasn't she wasn't stalking her neighbor. She didn't know who he was and seek him out to kill him. But it wasn't an accident in the sense that she intended on killing that person, which she said. Um so the circumstances which got her there are all of her own making and her own fault. And there's a lot of many steps along the way that she could have she could have changed course. Um, however, I I think ten years in prison is adequate time. I'm not I'm not like now don't you can't quote me on the like what do people get for murder versus manslaughter and these distinctions. I think it's significant like morally and uh, symbolically that we called it murder and not manslaughter and. I think 10 years is a good amount of time for something that was not on purpose. Like I wouldn't do, I don't know, like how long do we think a drunk driver who, who kills someone by accident should go to jail? But I'll bring up the drunk drivers again because it's, I want to contrast it with how they're the reception that they receive and that she received. Um, 
so I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm stopping short of talking about what happened after she shot him because I want to say for everything up until that point, 10 years. Okay. I, I, I mean, I, I just don't, you know, the skeptical that I am, as skeptical as I am, I, this girl was not a serial killer that was stalking um, Jean. I, that just hasn't been proven to be the case. So it, she did not, like, seek him out personally to kill him. Did racism and prejudice and, and our police force and all of these elements in our country and our, the fact that we even have guns when there are countries where police don't have guns like Japan or Sweden do all of these things kill Jean too the fact that she's preconditioned to see a black man as threatening when he's eating ice cream the fact that black skin makes her not look for any context clues like that she's not in her own fucking apartment yes is she a good person no she's really she's a bad person so I think she was sentenced for the accident and stuff, and that's what we're judging on. But, like, in terms of the kind of quality of her character, it's not good. Because after she killed him, she did not administer CPR. She did not—she had gauze near her. She did not apply to the wounds. Her primary concern was covering up what happened. And a cover-up went down. She was not taken into custody until three days later. She messaged the uh, married cop that she'd been having an affair with that they'd been sexting that evening. And apparently, you know, the prosecution was alleging that that was uh, what distracted her, which I think is funny. Even in my own part of how about when I don't like someone, I'm like, you whore. And then when I, in other cases, I'd be like, how dare you bring up a woman's sex life? There's nothing to do with anything. But I'm like, you fucking homewrecker slut. Um... Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, other she's also okay. So she's also racist. Um, She has text messages saying things like, oh, my gosh, I, I, I was on duty with five cops today, five black cops. I mean, I'm not saying like I'm, I'm not racist or anything, but they definitely do things differently. I mean, everyone that says I'm not racist or anything is racist and about to say something racist. That's proven. Um, What other she has some what other asshole texts did she send? Um, and there's a reason I'm telling you about her character like this. Oh, um, yeah, about the cops. Damn, I was at this area with five different black officers. Not racist, but damn. Not racist, but just have... Oh, that's what Rivera said, her fucking coon-ass Latino uh, adultering boyfriend. Not and, and she responded, not racist, but just have a different way of working, and it shows. <laughs> a Latino and a white woman laughing at black people. Cool. Um, she texted with another officer about Martin Luther King Jr. Day Parade. When does this end, LOL, the officer wrote. She wrote, when MLK is dead. Oh, wait. That's, like, not funny. Like, that's, that is offending me more as I'm reading it a second time. He's was murdered, and that's why we're having a parade. And so then, why are you, like, I don't think that's funny, and you murdered another black man who was also a really good person. So that's what you did with your life. Um, two days before she fatally shot Botham, she texted someone who adopted a German shepherd and the dog's, the dog's owner wrote, okay, although she may be racist and Geiger wrote, it's okay. I'm the same. I hate everything and everyone, but y'all, I mean, I don't think that's that racist, but it's stupid. And I don't think white people should joke about racism. It's like not funny. Um, okay. So I think she's an asshole. And so I bring all this to say that after 
the verdict and all this stuff, extremely bizarre things happen in the courtroom that I still don't understand. So I don't, let me kind of, let me get the brother out the way because I don't want to, I don't want to, um, speak ill of him, but Jean Botham's brother got on the stand saying that he, I can't speak for anyone else, but I forgive you to Amber. I love you just like I would love anyone else because that's what Jean would want. Sorry, his name is Botham. Jean is his last name. He, they, I, he would want you to give your life to Christ. That's the best thing you could do, but I think you're a good person. And I, um, he begged the judge to give her a hug and she granted it. And then they embraced for a full minute. And I just, I feel so bad for this poor young man because his, he had such a vacant, pained look in his eye as he said these words. And I don't think any, I don't think one person was forcing him. I think America and media and religion was forcing him. And, you know, it's how different is it to, to know that you are going to go make peace with something for yourself, to know that you're going to tell yourself a version of, of events that you can stand to live with that my brother would not want me to have hate for this woman. She also is a child of God. So let me try to, in my own heart and mind, find grace so that I don't sit and seethe and just, you know, seethe and, and turn into a wrinkle ball of anger because I, I can't put a hit out on this person. That is so vastly different from publicly forgiving someone who hasn't done anything to earn forgiveness crying in a courtroom and saying she wishes that it hadn't happened is not I'm not saying she's not remorseful but I'm saying what does she do other than go through the motions of the trial to earn forgiveness <sighs> maybe I'm too lapsed Christian to figure out like we don't have to do anything to get God for goodness. We just have to ask for it, right? We have to be baptized and, but murder, but see, I'm Catholic and murder is a, um, it's one as a deadly sin. It's a mortal sin. I don't know. I'm confused. I'm just trying to make sense of this. I really am. I, I see the value in deciding you're not going to obsess over someone for the rest of your life and setting your own self free, I don't see the value in publicly continuing these displays for white people. It's the first thing people ask. It's come to the point where white people expect it now because media outlets will ask black people whose family have been murdered, are you going to forgive the people who did it? Like, why? And I just strongly resent how much the trial that is being shown to the media was made about this woman. And I feel bad that the brother felt like he had to make this about this woman because it should be about the loss of Jean. And the rest of his family did a lot to lift up Jean's life and talk about the person that he was. But you had to dig deep for that. You had to, all all that we were getting on the hot takes is that how much this girl Amber was crying and how much she's hurting. A bailiff, a black bailiff, pat her the back of her neck or her hair? And at the end of this, the judge hugged her. The black judge hugged her. The black judge, who was also the person that allowed the castle argument to even be considered, which is that it's like stand your ground, like you can do anything to defend yourself 
in your own home. Um, well, she wasn't in her home. So I think that's just like, I, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, but. Mm. So this strange woman gave this gave Amber a hug afterwards. And unless you hug all of your every single like drunk driver that comes in and kills someone, every parent that leaves their kid in a car on, by accident that dies, that people are you say things should be hung out to drive and talk about so terribly. What did this white woman do to deserve all this sympathy? And so I'm looking at her and we know how we sensationalize cases and we sensationalize certain criminals and I'm studying it and she's not a good looking lady. She's not conventionally attractive. She's not, um, she doesn't seem to have like a very interesting personality. Uh, so she has none of those superficial hallmarks that, that make us, you know, kind of glamorize a criminal and want to make excuses for their actions. The, the only thing that she had is being a white woman. That's it. That's the exceptional thing about her. And, and then being a police officer. So she also had a tweet, by the way, that wasn't racist, but that, that said something about um, there's so many people that are, they're so lucky I didn't kill them today. And then, you know, something about shooting, like shoot first, ask questions, die last. I know the pol police officer are people believe me I know but I, I I've said before how, how much higher the standards need to be for this because I don't think we should have the type of police officers that gloat about how annoying people are and how they want to kill them and they could like it's just not cool we have to have different kinds of, of standards for this and it should be like te being a police officer and teaching should be some of the hardest jobs to get in the entire country that's we don't place these things on the importance that they should be on and then we wonder why things turn out the way they do but anyway you know this has sparked a national conversation about black forgiveness and what it means and you know I even tur I turned on a job this year that was about a serious uh, a really horrible um historical crime that they had made out of a music, a, a horrible racial crime that they made a musical out of that I want to name by name. And I turned it down because when I read the script, it was an excuse for black people to sing gospel music and be sad. And, and I am just tired of participating in that, in that sort of ceremonial ritualized black pain, black religion on display, um, and, and letting it be cathartic for white audiences and feel like they were transformed by going through some sort of light experience that didn't really affect them. And I, and I feel like that's what happens every time we have this public spectacle of forgiveness. And I also wonder if we're not looked down upon to simple minded for it because it's very human and advanced is to have complex, mixed, complicated feelings about people that kill your loved ones. And so for us to be the people that constantly have to be like, but I love them. But why? Again, I am a heathen. Like I was raised Christian. I am spiritual. You know, I, I think probably people that are practicing serious, uh, devoted Christians, I'd be interested to hear from serious, devoted black Christians about how much of this you can tease out that's racial and how much you can tease out that's Christian. I mean, obviously, it is 
you know, black people are the ones that experience racial crimes. So it's always, we're talking about a racial thing. I've seen some dumb people online be like, it's not about race. It's just about religion. And our religion is that like, shut up. How are you going to take it out of its context? But what I mean is I do want someone who's deeply religious and African-American to speak on just where they see these lines go between the pressure to do it how intrinsic is it to being christian and what is uh, what is the interpretation of forgiveness and and did and did jesus really mean immediately hug someone that murdered your family member i don't know and jesus christ superstar he got mad and knocked over the temple and nobody was murdering anyone so i'm just saying like he, that was just people dancing and singing and um bell bottoms so <sighs> I don't know. It just seems like there there may be some room for some different emotions and just levels to things, even within, you know, the, the original source, the reason for the season. However, I just can't tell you how disappointed I was to see this historic landmark ruling, which people protested because they did not think was long enough. And I have to say, I'm just shocked anyone expected longer than that. I, say, I guess I'm very cynical and... A realist? I mean, it hasn't happened before. It's like, why would it be forever? But this this incident, this ruling, a time to remember Jean Botham and a time to talk about policing, a time to talk about guns, a time to talk about how something like this can even happen. Like, who are the fools we're employing? Why the readiness to kill? I'm repeating myself, but I'm going to repeat myself. Why the what is going on that your context clues you know what's the crime rate in your building where is it how do people get inside your building what how what are the steps that led you to think that someone would easily be inside your apartment eating ice cream and kill them and how if your instinct to kill is that fast and not even to disarm you can stab someone in you could you could put you could uh rather shoot someone in the leg or something like it just to me you think there's a black boogeyman on around every corner with a gun and like I think that's terrifying because as a police person do you not realize that you're going into areas that are more dangerous because that's your job but that America on the whole is not like a just like wild wild west dangerous place so what that means is because you spend your time like tracking down like actual criminals which not even many police just spend their time bothering black youth walking around neighborhoods you know who want to be left alone to be teenagers but because of the profession you chose that's like selectively puts you in place like by by its own nature where you're going to meet more criminals you now think that there are black murderers hiding in your apartment that that's even a likely scenario and that they would be eating ice cream I've said it so many times that being black robs you of context clues. It robs you of context clues. When I was in San Francisco, a place I hate, fuck you very much, San Francisco, I was wearing bright rainbow leggings that got made fun of, honestly. They were that fucking bright and like an anorak. And and I went to look at an apartment I was considering staying in when I was touring and people, someone slammed the door in my face. It happened a couple times. Like they did not think, they couldn't see me as, anything different than like a homeless person from uh the tenderloin the, or me in that same outfit going to target sipping on a venti i used to i used to get venti decaf americanos with a lot of soy milk and i'm glad i've moved out of that phase i don't go to starbucks anymore since the boycott also i don't like the coffee so yeah um drinking a starbucks minding my business shopping 
people asking me questions. Like I work at Target wearing rainbow leggings, drinking, like things that employees don't do. Um, and that's what I say. Like being being black is a trump card and that it trumps people's ability to see like it trumps common sense a lot of the time. And so there's just so many issues about how this could possibly happen. And they're all being outweighed by this stupid narrative of forgiveness and inappropriate behavior by that weird judge who then gave her a Bible and told her, like, you know what you need to do, like, read John, like, 316. I don't know. Maybe you had to have been there. I don't know what this girl said that was so compelling, but she's, like, not a good person. There's, there's, there's a lot of other things she needs to be forgiven for. Hey, I killed your brother, your son, your friend. But then I didn't even check. Like, I might have had a chance to for him not to die, and I didn't try to save him. I saw a black body fall to the ground. I thought, thought, oh, collateral, my career, move on to the next. Like, you didn't see him as a human, even after you, you knew you did something wrong. Like, that to me is so much worse than the shooting him. Like, that kind of incompetence is like, no one should have guns. You shouldn't be a cop. You should probably just be locked away because you have bad judgment in life and not allowed to drive or anything like that. But it's the it's the way she acted afterwards that I think is even worse. And it's all, all of that is just going to be lost now with this, with this forgiveness thing. That, that poor brother looked pained. He looked, his eyes were vacant. I don't know who told him to say that. And I, I hate to think that he thinks because of how he's what he how he's seen other victims get treated on television, like that horrible story about that cop, that white cop that planted drugs on that black man and put him in jail for 15 years. And now they're best friends. Some people are bad and your your survival instincts and your self-love and preservation is supposed to keep you away from them. Who grew up with their being told everyone is supposed to be your friend? They're not. So, ugh, I just don't know. Like, can we just never decide that any person is just not the most useful to us right now because they're white? Like, if black people were granted this kind of grace, it would be different. But it only happens in black and white on black crimes. And, and like, I, I didn't think, I don't think it needs to be said, but yes, we have developed some of these survival tactics, like as coping mechanisms for the onslaught of things that we experience all the time. But those are our mechanisms. It shouldn't be perverted into this spectacle. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, she, she is going to jail. She, a police officer is going to jail for doing something wrong. So I will try to focus on the positive. So since we are on the topic of unexpected racial surprises, you know, a white cop has is going to jail for killing a black person. And uh, last weekend, a black woman jumped into the lion cage at the Bronx Zoo. Uh, her name is Maya Loray Israelite. That's I, I'm 90% sure not her real name, but that is her name on Instagram. And she posted, well, first she started, she started small with the giraffe enclosure. She posted a video of herself inside of the giraffe enclosure and wrote, literally, I have the same diet as a giraffe. I really have no fear of nothing breathing. She posted on Instagram. 
animals can feel love just like humans. That was all caps locks. That's my caps locks voice. Um, yeah, she even put an emoji of like uh, little trees and leaves because just to show us uh, what giraffes eat and what she eats. Um, I really feel like there's some stuff giraffes eat that she probably does not eat that our stomach wouldn't. Don't they have? No. How many stomachs? Cows have a couple stomachs. Uh, so then in front of the lion den, so this is a charming video of her in cute yoga pants. She's, she's got a great figure, a cute little butt, doing a little dance in front of the lion. Hey, hey, kitty. Um, <laughs> she wrote, what is, where is her quote there? I, I she, she, oh, though, I really have no fear of nothing breathing. That was the, that was the lion part. I mixed them up. So for the giraffe, she just said, literally, I have the same diet as a giraffe. For the lions, she said, I really have no fear of nothing breathing. Animals can feel love just like humans. And she said, only people wasn't scared was me and the children. All the adults were scared. Um, I mean, the children, children are, weren't scared because they're messy. And if, if you got eaten, they would have probably thought it was cool. Like they just, children want to see some excitement. Uh, so as she was doing her lion dance, like in front of the, the lion, it, it needs to be noted that it was actually an optical illusion. Um, there is a 20 foot moat between her 20 foot wide moat between her and the lion. So it looks like she was really close to him and he was just staring at her like, Ooh, I love your dancing. And instead of eating her, but really he wasn't just some, you know, Barishnikov intrigued wants to join ABT lion he was just not able to reach her because there was a moat in between them so if the moat wasn't there she probably would have got eaten and yeah that's I mean I, I live with cats and like they're just like little lions like even if you even if it wasn't so the you know they're carnivores they'll actually eat you but even if they wasn't going to eat you you can't like if they paw at you, if they do any of the stuff that cats do for even for affection, they're just you're gonna die. They're just so big. Like it's, I mean, why am I sitting here talking to you about how it's not smart to jump in a lion cage? She knew what she was doing. She's crazy, but just crazy like a fox. She wasn't in so much danger. In fact, apparently the lions were in more danger of falling in the pit, like being tempted to jump across. But uh. Yeah, she's she's weird. Um, apparently, she was just they filed a trespassing trespassing complaint. That's it. Like, I don't even really know how she got out, but like nothing legal in terms of you know legal ramifications. They did not happen uh, during her zoo visit. So, she just went on went on and posted on the gram. In more light news that I want to give you after those serious segments. Stacey Dash was arrested for black on white crime. She was arrested for beating up her new husband, who is a lawyer with a couple kids, a couple babies, kids. Uh, I listened to the whole 911 video and I'm not going to say that like I laughed, but I laughed. It is just funny because it's her being like trying to make people feel sorry for her for being a stepmom and her kids being disrespectful. So apparently like the 15 year old came at her 
which I'm not saying that they didn't like they're probably bad kids and then she like swung back at the 15 year old and then the dad got involved and it's just not a good look good divorce analysis like you can't beat up this man's children um and he picked their side and you need to get along with your stepkids so it's a done deal but when the police she called the police and when the police came you know she's a black woman and she called the police and a white man so they arrested her (laughs) i'm just kidding i don't know if that's exactly why but i do think it's funny that she kind of tried to weaponize the police like some white women do and have been doing famously in the media and it backfired uh when they came and they do this i was just reading up on the um evan peters is dating halsey now this is such a tangent but connected stay with me which i thought was really adorable because she manifested it she's been writing on the internet for like five years about how cute tweeting about how cute she thinks he is and like will he ask me out please and then he finally asked her out <laughs> like and now they're a couple how cute so he was dating um emma roberts these are like all people from american horror story if you don't know um not halsey she's a pop singer um and i i remember they got in a domestic violence dispute and emma roberts got arrested because the what the police do is they arrest the per if you were in a fight and you don't have any marks on you the woman doesn't but the guy does they arrest you which honestly i mean men being for the most part bigger than women are probably going to leave a mark if they did anything significant right i mean what did they like scratch you but they don't have nails like we do were you just like it was a cat fight and you won because you're a woman like so yeah if the if you got some hits in and he didn't get anything in that looks suspect um and i'm not saying it's right to fight back with a woman but i mean i actually i mean i'll say this don't pick up someone who's 90 pounds and like throw them into a wall because they're physically able like please men if you if a woman attacks you like try to disarm them if you can but i'm not going to tell you that you're supposed to just like die when you get stabbed by your shorter girlfriend because you didn't defend yourself like no kick her in the face like i don't you shouldn't people can't be attacking people sorry didn't whoopi Goldberg get in trouble for saying that yeah i mean i was trying to think about what would i say tell my brother like would i if my brother had a girlfriend that was like attacking him would i be like you can't hit her no i'd be like you better beat that how dare she call me we'll beat her up together sorry that's just again i'm not all pc all the time just proof that you know no no liberal propaganda is consistent we all have multitudes anyway um so they took Stacey Dash away and it was torturous because she was just wearing a t-shirt i never imagined her just sleeping in an oversized dingy t-shirt and first of all she's still a fine woman she is the dumbest most self-hating finest woman combination around like she looked good in that t-shirt okay and she's like 47 or 40 maybe even 49 now 50 i'm like okay damn if only you could be a bad bitch if you just kept your mouth shut but dion was escorted to the car by this really talkative police officer who then did the thing that we actors hate most in the world which was amazing to watch it happen but she handled it way gracefully than me i'm like wow you just beat someone's ass but this is the part that would make me want to beat someone's ass um the police officer was like okay where are you from this is literally he puts the handcuffs on her like so they're not too tight they're not tight she's like no it's fine and where are you from the bronx oh okay i'm, I'm from upstate new york they're in florida at the time i'm from upstate new york oh okay 
So what what do you do? I'm an actress. Oh, oh, okay. What kind of acting? What do you, what do you do? Anything, anything I would, anything I would have heard of. I do movies, um, television. I I did a movie called Clueless. Oh, okay. That he's clearly never heard of Clueless. I'm like, how old are cops allowed to be nowadays? Like he just rolls right over it. Okay, okay. Um, and cool, cool. I mean, and yeah, recently. I was I was a commentator on on Fox News, so I, I took a break and I was doing that. He asked her her whole resume. Fun f- tip: we don't we can't stand that shit. Okay, it's a really hard career. It's for most of us. You're not always doing it all the time. You're always trying to do it, but you're not always employed in a show all the time. Um, and for like we're the only people that people ask their whole resume like think about it it's not a game for us like so when you're like is there anything i would have heard of it's like bitch i don't know your taste like sometimes i have something to say that is actually reputable <laughs> like and then you ever heard of that theater and i'm like okay so are you cultured okay are you smart can you read i'm just kidding um these are the things i tell myself to make myself feel better um but yeah it's it's annoying and I just thought it was hilarious that after the first most humiliating moment in her life, like she had to go through like the second one where her like she gets arrested for the first time and a, and a cop quizzes her on her resume. But the actual 911 phone call was comedy gold. She was still fighting with him in the background. They're like, ma'am, ma'am, disengage. OK, I'll try. Leave. The kids are so you're just so bad. You don't respect me. You can't talk to me like that. You don't. I was like, Wow. You just treat me so bad because I'm their, I'm their stepmom and they're just bad kids. They don't respect me. I'm like, really, ma'am? This is how... I bet you I wouldn't be crying over a 15-year-old if I was 50. I bet you that much. Like, put, let's put... We can put money on it now. I don't care how cocky it sounds. I'm going to say that I would not... You, a 15-year-old, would not have me... I think I can get a teenage girl in check. And I know teenagers are crazy, but I, I think I can do it. That that's That's not going to be me. We're certainly not going to come to. We're certainly not going to come to blows over it. Good lord. Anyway, there's a rumor that when she got to the police station, they wrote down her race as white. Let me just Google. Let me see that wasn't an Onion type site that I saw that out. Let me not be one of those people. No, this was absolutely true. Um, she, the arresting officers, wrote down her race as white. So they have come out with a statement about it. They said they assumed she was Hispanic, but wrote down white, and um how like are white women just brown now i don't understand i i mean in clueless i thought she was black i never even thought she was mixed i think she was tanner then she's a lot lighter now than she was during that movie um she was had a tan but this is just weird she's african-american and uh, mexican for anyone who's curious i don't oh he was definitely flirting with her so i guess he thought pretty lady Oh, he asked her, like, are you wearing a bra? I don't know why. I, it, this was all the questions he was asking her when he was putting her in the car, which I'm like, if you're concerned that someone's getting a bra, wearing a bra, like, you could just let them get a bra and pants. Like, I don't think she had pants on. Um, but apparently then she then told the court that she was indigent and could not afford a lawyer. She was asked to be rep by a public defender. And then later... Um, the charges were all dropped and her husband says that he told the police at the scene not to arrest her. He hopes they can put it behind them. I hope 
they don't put it behind them and please end this but honestly i oh i actually got sad i oh i hate oh i don't want to feel sorry for her but i think just as an actor like i'm just disappointed to hear that she is that poor after all the selling her soul she's done and hosting and it added up to nothing like the fox hosting i meant oh well in our last bit of news um erica campbell 50 percent of the gospel duo mary mary has written a book called more than pretty doing the soul work that uncovers your true beauty also titled think like a dodo head act like you're oppressed that's my title i'm giving it because i don't even like the name of this book i just think it's both insulting it's condescending and presumptive at the same time like who said the main point of my life or my goal was to be pretty and then who said that our main goal should be uncovering true beauty so you're trying to entice people into being better christians by telling them they're not attractive actually it's weird it's just a lot of women negging that's what we get as women consumers we get to read books about how we suck and need to change ourselves and i already resent it on sites okay but to get to the actual contents that i take issue with or her interview so she's promoting this book and of course she went to hot 97 um the black guy who tips podcast he app they aptly call black night uh hot 97 black 97 hot 97 the place where people go to say dumb shit so just on the fact that she went there they weren't going to cover this story but I had read this before I listened to the podcast, their podcast, so I was like, I have to talk about this because the quotes, the quotes, the, yeah, the whole conversation had just, well, suffice to say, I won't be buying this book, but let me read you exactly what she said. So she asked, when asked about uh, masturbation, she asked, where does God go when you are self-pleasuring? I mean, where is God when you're not self-pleasuring, Erica? I, I, I don't... I feel like that has to be answered first. So she continues, where does he go? Somebody asked me the question, was it wrong? Was it right? I know some churches say for the brothers, it'll keep you from slipping up. Go ahead and handle yourself. I've heard some women say, I take care of myself before I go out on a date. Cam believes your mind being a place of purity is very crucial. I think about purity and purity happens before the actual action of whatever you do. Whatever you watch, whatever you listen to, whatever you do with yourself, your mind being a place of purity is very crucial. But I think in our society today, everything is sexualized. You could be selling chicken and there will be a pair of boobs there. It's just everywhere. So I think God in your mind and God in your thoughts and treating sex and sexuality as something beautiful that God created that's supposed to be beautiful and otherworldly. And you come together with somebody and your lives come together. It's not so cheap. The I Love God singer also shared that it is not supposed to be done by yourself. I got an amazing, fine, wonderful husband. I just don't have to. He also cheated on her. I got a husband there. Now, I know for singles, it might be a different story, but there are married people who would just rather handle it themselves. And I can't imagine what your husband feels like. 
well you're still felt like cheating even though you didn't masturbate now i gotta compete with your toys it's too much campbell said that's between you and god but i just think when you are trying to live a pure life when you are trying to hold yourself and keep yourself for this beautiful special wonderful mo she didn't say special <laughs> sorry i was getting into it let me not do her she didn't say special for this beautiful special wonderful moment of life with the spouse don't lessen it don't cheapen it girl what the fuck are you talking about like ma'am what first of all i don't know why it's always the people that have been cheated on your husband done had break babies dragged all through the mud why am i supposed to be taking advice from you on nt thing i am single as a lone tampon left in the machine okay and i don't want to have a marriage like yours i am waiting so i can avoid things like that like i don't i don't get it you're it sounds really bad he cheated on you and didn't have the respect for you himself or the other person to use a condom and conceived a whole child what and then you go on talk shows and talk about what you were doing wrong and you were too absorbed in work. Okay, so then he can be like, hey, honey, you're working too much. Like, fuck out of here. A, number one. B, number two, now I'm wondering how much was the cheating because you're boring in bed if you think masturbation is like this wild and crazy thing. Like, I can only imagine the kind of stale, missionary, lying-in-one-place sex that you've been having with him for like 20 years. I, I, I don't... But this just to go to the logical part... If you think that sex is between two people and that's how God meant it to be, then masturbation isn't sex. Like, I don't think it says in the Bible, don't touch your dingling or your your happy button. I don't think it says that. I don't remember. Someone could correct me if I'm wrong, but I just don't really think it's mentioned. Like you people are literally out here trying to find ways to make life harder and more miserable. Like you're supposed to wait till you're married for whatever reason you might say that is that's not really clear to me but now you're going to tell people that it's just going to be that much harder for them to wait because they also can't touch their genitals the whole like 25 30 years however long it takes for their prince or princess in shining armor to come why do you say things why do you purity who even why would sex be bad if it's if it's a the way all living things procreate and b like it's it's not i mean it's necessary why would it even be bad why would it even be impure like oh my god there's boobs out to sell the chicken like bitch who cares i am i get really irritated by how much of religion is focused on not having sex it's like a waste of time that does not make you a good person being bad in bed does not make you better than me okay it just makes you a drag it's not supposed to be done by yourself no masturbation is supposed to be done by itself by yourself because otherwise it's not masturbation so it's like you're conflating sex and masturbation to then say that you're not allowed to masturbate but like at all what are you talking about? I also love how she's just like, I got an amazing, fine, wonderful husband. I mean, where's the picture of him, first of all? 
Okay, highly debatable. Highly, highly debatable about the fine part. Wonderful, I would say highly debatable since he impregnated someone else. What's the other word? Amazing? Uh, no. No. He's it's very regular to cheat and be average looking, so no. I just don't have to. I got a husband there. Like, you don't even understand the point of masturbation. You don't have to masturbate. It's fucking fun, you dummy. And, like... Your understanding of your sexuality is so limited that you think your husband is supposed to provide every single sexual experience that you have and and define your whole relationship to yourself and your own body, then that might be another reason he just cheated. Since we're, if we're going to write a whole book about how to improve yourself for God and men who seem to be kind of the same thing in the world of women like this, then let's actually look at the real blame like it's probably because you're not not because you're not praying enough it's probably because you don't masturbate and you don't even know what you like and you just wore him out with all your missionary demands he couldn't keep up could not he could not lie flat enough and lie still enough for you for that many hours it was just it was tiring um I know for singles it might be a different story and then she doesn't go into that story she just (laughs) says fuck the singles now I know for singles it might be a different story but there are married people okay so you okay you enough no advice for the singles got it got it my question about all the advice books for women is always like all these men that we don't like deserve yet and stuff because we're not good enough where are they because I don't know anyone like I didn't meet one yet that um I felt like I needed to go like go to a temple and purify myself for so is the are you contesting that if we follow steps a through z then they these good great amazing fine husbands that hopefully come from a different part of the the country fine than your husband do they suddenly appear or uh, what like what like if i sit in a temple alone by my, my my holy little pure bedroom that i've painted in all white and i make sure i don't masturbate is someone worth sacrificing for going to appear to me or what what's the next part like when you follow the steps of the book is it like a golem like i to like menstruate on my pillow and like stab it and rub clay on it and it turns into like a husband like i don't like i say an incantation that probably sounds demonic it's probably not what you mean but what like I don't know how this process works that's that's what I want to know I there's just a lot of advice there's a whole billion dollar industry about telling women to like prepare themselves for for these guys and I just some women live in cities where guys are abundant and abundantly you know fuck boying around and some women live in cities that don't have good choices and I'm just I feel like there should be more of a focus of like raising a good-looking interesting man that doesn't cheat like a farm like like farm raised salmon just farm raised good options for uh settling down and making a home with rather than these self-help books because i just don't know why women have to do the work to get themselves ready for men when men don't and i'm not really blaming this the writers i i kind of am and i'm not like there's a market for it because women are raised to think about how we can better ourselves all the time and put men on a pedestal when we are just bettering ourselves to then go and marry people that we have to pick underwear for and teach them how to like brush their teeth properly it's kind of weird 
But that's my self-help rant in general. I'm not going to say I don't, like, read. I love a solution for everything. Like, I... And, you know, so chalk it up to being female, being a perfectionist, whatever. I love to read up on just everything. How to do this, how to do that. Not going to say I don't participate in it, but when, when it starts being religious stuff and when it comes to my masturbation, that's where I draw the line. Pretty much just where it comes to my masturbation. I have to say, stop, stop. You've gone too far. That's it. Just another corny book. Um, Erica Campbell, again nothing admirable about your marriage don't understand why people like this always feel really confident in dispensing advice it's fascinating i mean like honestly if i guess the bar is just any kind of husband because i'm like i should just write a book about marriage if she can write a book about like being cheated on and stuff like why don't I just write a book about what the marriage that i think you should want to have and see like i don't get it it's weird I didn't even know her name outside of Mary Mary. I had to, like, Google that she was Mary. I don't know if she's Mary 1 or Mary 2. Um, but, yeah. So, good luck to her and her amazing, fine husband. I hope fidelity is just something that they can hold on to um, and then that not masturbating helps them get there. All right. Thanks for coming in for another episode of Cake and Kombucha. I have regaled you with enough information today so i don't want to keep ranting i did want to just give a quick shout out to the little teen and tween environmentalists that are out here just taking names down and reading bitches greta thornburg i think she was joan of arc in a former life and she's letting the people have it she said how dare you destroy i will be alive after you and I did not ask you to fuck up all the things before you die. Like, how dare you? I don't want to clean up this mess. I, I just, but it's not funny. And it's amazing that I think the kids are, they say, lest you think I'm all heathen, they say the Bible says, and a little child shall lead them. And that's what's happening. They are really like, look, I don't have money. I don't have stocks. I don't have, you know, bonds. I don't have investments. I don't have crooked deals. I'm not seeing the picture of all the things that you're, you know, that go into the decisions you're making. I just want air and, you know, fresh air to breathe, clean water to drink. I, I, I'm, I'm not tied up in your corruption. I see through your bullshit. There's no reason that this is in the top priority. And the only reason it could be is selfishness and greed. And the fact that you don't give a shit about the generation younger than you. We really are coming to an interesting philosophical decision. It's like there was a book I love by Orson Scott Card, Past Watch, The Redemption of Christopher Columbus. I maybe I should go read it again. And the scientist goes back in time to Hispanola, the which is the island of Haiti in DR, and he has an option to keep Christopher Columbus from arriving because of the genocide that he ravaged on the people there. And is a fascinating, fascinating book about that does time travel really well because time travel is one of those things that oh, it can just people can just be like bloop, bloop, bloop and have no through line to it, really. So it's, it's dicey, especially movies. Bless you, Gene Ray. It's my sister sneezing and it's coming through my uh, the walls of my studio. Seasons are changing. Um, but yeah, so the book wrestles with the question, 
if we think that people like do you, okay how to explain it so I think that book probably had some sort of time on a continuum a theory where everything that's happening the everything that's ever happened is still happening right now like you know that time is not necessarily linear so there's multiple realities so in that sense but even without that you could say if I have a chance to alleviate suffering be it in the past the present however you want to conceive of the past the present the future if those are just human beings like is a human being suffering less important because it's not temporally in front of me right now so that is a very nerded out way of of uh i i'm i what i am trying to say is that that's i feel like that's kind of what we are grappling with when we decide how to prioritize the earth you know i also read a great book i can't remember the name of but i'll look up to share with you next time about the sun tilting um the sun just go the sun going out and terrifying like how the you know the first it gets a little darker less a little darker night lasts a little longer longer all the things that start to go wrong and unfold um but they managed to still make it a coming of age story so it wasn't just pure you know post-apocalyptic mania but i don't think i'm gonna be alive when the sun goes out for example so then do i just decide whatever it doesn't matter like pour it up pour it up watch the trash fall down like what do you trash the earth because you you think it's not gonna affect you so that's kind of what um is being asked of lawmakers and business leaders and uh, world leaders um and that's what the, it's being led by children it's being spearheaded by the youth and i'm really excited and thrilled by this youth activism i'm seeing it's really cool to see kids that care so much about their world from from those kids to the kids um oh at stone what's it called stone i don't know why i can't remember the name of the school in florida um with a horrible shooting but that's just something that is really positive so i didn't go into depth on it in past episodes but i wanted to give them a shout we should we'll probably delve into what more the kids are doing next time but keep dragging them Greta was said how dare you I said Joan of Arc you drag them all right that's it come see me next week come see about me bye-bye for now Cake and Kombucha is produced and hosted by actress, writer, and singer Kilechi Azia. It features music by the talented Melanie J.B. Charles. If you like what you hear, check out MelanieJBCharles.com.